meaning to tell you, you look extremely sanctified today. Oh, thank you. You are glowing in holiness. You are talking, are you talking to me? Well, you're the only one in the room. Yes, okay. Hello, everybody. There are others in the room. Jesus, this, Jesus. No, the people listening as well. Well, Jesus and too. Jesus is listening. Anyway, that's Michael who just said that I looked sanctified. I'm just sucking up. And this is Father Herb. Hi, everybody. Hello. Welcome to the 23 Podcast. And the reason he was saying I look sanctified is because yesterday, the priest of the diocese, along with our bishop, had a day of sanctification. And boy, did you guys need it. We, we always do it the first Sunday, of, I'm sorry, the first Monday of Advent. Today is Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, the first Monday of Advent as a day of preparation for all that comes in Advent. So we take some time for ourselves That's before great. we work for everybody else. I love that you guys do that. I'm thankful that Bishop Thomas puts that time together for you guys. Uh, but people are wondering, what does a priest do during a day of sanctification? We sanctif- get sanctified. Do you go into the sanctifying machine? Well, we met, we meet each year. We've done it for five years now. We meet in Cary at the Basilica and there's an upper level and a lower level. The lower level is like a, a basement church. We had a speaker, uh, a bishop from California. Uh-huh. So there was a pretty inspiring. It actually was pretty good. Uh, and then we have some... It was actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Do you hear the words you choose? Yeah. Okay. I, 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 I'm sorry that people will hear that, that maybe in the wrong way but <laughs> it was good you enjoyed it and then it, then after that we have uh, a holy hour uh-huh. and uh, vespers and uh, benediction and that's upstairs in the that's upstairs basilica. in the basilica oh, which it's is such a gorgeous church which is really really big yeah and grand yeah and, and in the middle of nowhere in the middle of nowhere and very i know they work hard it's probably better when there's more people there we were kind of scattered throughout the whole building. Sure. Uh, the sound, I could hear everything, but for some, some of the priests, you know, a lot of the priests are getting older and they have a little trouble with hearing. What's that? Exactly. So at, at dinner, somebody said, I didn't hear anything that he said uh, upstairs. <laughs> I love, I, if you've never been to Cary before, I highly recommend just taking a half a day to go down there and check out at least the gift shop because that's worth it. I did not go to the gift shop. Um, but the shrine is really neat. Um, the upper basilica, the lower basilica has um, lots of story of healings and people that left things behind that. that well, I think we're going to start that here. Have a room for crutches. Leave your crutch behind. And they have a lot of relics as well in the lower basilica. And are there? I, are I, there? I, yeah, I think, now I don't want to be quoted, but I am being recorded. I think they have a relic from each of the 12 apostles. Okay, you can say that, and maybe there's documentation. There could be. But I have a little trouble with that because there's a lot of places that claim all 12 apostles. Sure. So if that were true, there'd be like there have to be about 144 <laughs> uh, apostles. Fine. Just smash my spirit. D- divide by 12. Okay. <laughs> anyway, but it's in the spirit of it. I understand. So anyway, well, I'm glad that you guys had a day of renewal. Speaking of renewal, not everybody can get away for a day of sanctification, but we have a couple of opportunities for our parishioners to be renewed this Advent, uh, both on upcoming Tuesdays. So the first of which would be our Advent Reconciliation Service. Which is Tuesday a week from today. That would be the 10th of December, 7 o'clock p.m. And I highly recommend that you make the time to come. It is such a beautiful evening of healing, of prayer, um, of just time to literally bear it all before the Lord and just 
get back down to the basics. So if you haven't, I, I put in the announcements this weekend, if it's been a few months or a few decades since you've been to confession, come. Now is the time. So we hope you come for that. And then a week after that, on December 17th, the eve of your birthday. Are you talking to me? That's your the eve of your birthday. On December 17th, um, we're having our first ever Advent night of worship, which I'm really excited about. So we're going to have the whole band here, live music, scripture reflection, Eucharistic adoration from 7 to 8, uh, just as a time to get away in the middle of Advent in the darkness of the night uh, and just to literally be before the Lord uh, and to say, hey, we love you. So two good opportunities coming up. Uh, I hope you can make both of them or at least one of them. And with that, I'm also going to say we apologize, don't we, Michael? We apologize we- <laughs> for missing last week. Grovel. How many people got up on Thanksgiving morning no and one. thought, what do I do? Do I listen to the podcast first or do I put the turkey in? Through my faults, through my faults, through my... Most- we simply missed the opportunity. We, there was a window the week before when we thought we could do it. Okay, here's the truth, because I'm not going to lie. We both said, okay, we're going to record it on such and such a date. It would have been the previous week, correct? Like, like Thursday before, and then we both got carried away with the day's tasks and totally forgot about it. We even had a staff lunch that day. We ate pizza and pumpkin pie, but we had, <laughs> that's a trad- traditional Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving meal. But we forgot to record the podcast. So for those of you that just couldn't get into the spirit of the first Sunday of Advent, we do apologize. Okay, that's, but I think that's that's why this podcast today is going to be 46 minutes long. I think they survived just fine. In fact, if you noticed, I think attendance was up last weekend. So maybe <laughs> they, we should stop doing the podcast. Okay, let, let's do this coming Sunday. Uh, yeah, oh, we're not doing two weeks. No, we're, we're going to talk about the second Sunday of Advent, which of course is really, really cool. Is it's, it? Yes, we get John the Baptist uh-huh. and he's, he's coming out of, the, out of the wilderness and yelling at them. Uh, repent, uh, you vo- you brood of vipers. I, I, should I do that at the reconciliation service next I wouldn't week? go that far. You brood of vipers, now's the time to repent. If you were John the Baptist, I'd say fine. Okay. But you're not. Let, let's read this passage. Now, the first Sunday of Advent last week, I've talked about the second coming of Jesus. Now we go back to the first coming. And it's not even about the Mary about ready to give birth. It's really about... Uh, Jesus as an adult about ready to appear on the scene, but starting his public ministry. Yes. And he was, uh, predicated. No, he was pre pre who's this? The, the opening act <laughs> was John <laughs> the Baptist. Yeah. Is this like a Metallica concert? Yes. Yes. And the opening show was, was John, John the Baptist. John the Baptist. Metallica. I don't know why I picked Metallica. I don't even like Metallica. I mean, okay. I don't dislike but let's Metallica. Li- let's go from Metallica to Matthew. See, that's why I did it. That's what it is. It's okay, I, I am going to read the first part, and you're going to read the second part. Did you know that? I do now. No, let's let's switch it. You do the first part. I want oh to come in because goodness. I want to read that part about a brood of vipers. Okay, you want to get that line Yes. In. Okay, you go. All right, we're in Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 to 12. John the Baptist appeared, preaching in the desert of Judea, and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It was of him that the prophet Isaiah had spoken when he said, A voice of one crying out in the desert, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. John wore clothing made of camel's hair and had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. 
At that time, Jerusalem, all of Judea, and the whole region around the Jordan were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they acknowledged their sins. When he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce good fruit as evidence of your repentance. And do not presume to say to yourselves, Well, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God can raise up children to Abraham from these stones. Even now the axe lies at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I am baptizing you with water for repentance, but the one who is coming after me is mightier than I. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand. He will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into his barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. All right, I've got some questions. Okay, good. What's a winnowing fan? A winnowing fan. You don't know what a winnowing fan is. Why would I ask you if I It's kind of a bellows. I don't know what that is. Okay. Well, oh, like for a fireplace, it kind of like stokes the fire a bit. I well, there's that. That's the thought that comes to my mind. But the other image is where they did not have a combine. A combines nowadays, like if you go through the wheat field, uh-huh. it has a shaker in it, mm-hmm. and the shaker shakes the grain. The grain goes down through the 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 mesh. Yeah. Because it's heavier, and the the chaff is sort of blown out. What's the chaff? That was going to be the it. chaff is, it's like a little bitty um, coating on each grain of wheat. Oh, it's it's pretty light. Can you tell him a city boy? It, it's pretty light and thin, and and the wind blows it. So the other thing about the winnowing fan, is sometimes, they would put it like on a big blanket. Yeah, and you throw the the wheat. You get four people on the corners of the blanket. And you kind of toss it up in the air, uh-huh. and that'd that be enough that the wind would blow the chaff away, but the grain would settle in. That reminds me of the parachute game when I was in grade school, and we played it during gym. Yeah, well, everybody loved parachute day. Yeah, parachute day. Did would you have? A, did you have grain in it with separate the wheat from the no, chaff? No, we just played with the parachute. It was great. Okay, well then the other. What's a threshing floor? A threshing floor is where you you a floor where you thresh. What is? How, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Well, I okay, I Googled it. And it is? A hard-level surface on which grain is threshed with a flail. So thresh could be a verb? Yeah. I was down in uh, Guatemala last year with our mission trip. And one morning, uh, we didn't have any direct work details. So I took uh, my sister and brother-in-law who were with me. And I said, let's explore some parts of this town. And we came to a dead-end street. And there was a family out there. And they had these big bags of um, of grain. Mm-hmm. I think it was probably corn, but they were in big big bags, and they were beating the the bags. Poor bags. No, it was the contents of the bags. Oh. As they beat the bags, <laughs> the grains of corn came off the the cobs. Really? Yeah, I'm not lying. Well, I'm just curious. I I did, wouldn't expect that. So that was a threshing, but they were doing it right out on the street. So it was a threshing street. 
Okay, so to thresh, the verb is to separate grain from a plant, typically with a flail or by the action of a revolving mechanism. We are learning so much today. You are. We are learning so much today. <laughs> okay, see now, all this presupposes an agricultural background. Which I have none. You, I know, it's a shame. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, so, that, but anyway, that's just the end of the reading. Let's go to that first part. I know, I got off on a tangent. Oh, that never happens. Not okay. on this podcast. It starts off with John the Baptist. He's out in the desert, and he is the one that Isaiah talked about, a voice crying out in the desert. Okay, John the Baptist was sort of a wild man. He was a prophet. He's often referred to as the last prophet of the Old Testament. Yeah. Or the first prophet of the New Testament. I'm looking up to Isaiah in the first reading to see if that's, that, but that is not the Isaiah reading. This that week. is not the Isaiah reading of this week. No. We'll come back. You like this one. Though. I like this one. Right. Back to Matthew. It's not the, yes. There he goes again. Well, I was just, I was well, going to. I'm going to reel you back in. The, I, okay. okay. <laughs> and then it says, you know, John, it talks about that he lived off the earth. It talks about he, he ate locust and wild honey. Now, right. some people say it was more like a fruit off of a, a tree that was called a locust tree. So it wasn't grasshoppers necessarily. The actual bug. Bug, yeah. Anyway, so he was, he was baptizing. And this is the thing. There was something about him. He was challenging the system. He was speaking out against sin. And yet he also was attracting people. Was there a ritual of baptism in Judaism at that time? It... I don't think he really invented it. He basically developed it. In other words, there were in Judaism, there were the ablutions. They would wash themselves. Okay. And so this was just another step beyond that. So had other people been baptizing, I don't know for sure. Okay. But baptism, basically, you can't say, well, this was the first baptizer, but he certainly got the name. Well, and they, yeah, it's kind of <laughs> stuck with him. Must have been all that honey. Uh, But he... Very good. Very good. But they were were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they acknowledged their sins. So I think we look at this and, you know... You know, we've all seen like the videos and the pictures of maybe like the mega churches baptizing people in a lake or a river, and you know they they dip them underneath and they baptize them in the name of the Trinity. Let let, let me tell you, first of all, it was not baptized uh, baptism with the Trinity. Well, I was getting there. You cut me off. I am sorry. (laughs) Being sorry is part of repentance. That's true, but I think you know this makes sense with what you were saying was that. It was a sign of purification for them. If they were to be acknowledging their sins. Yeah, to be, that's why I said it's a growth from the, the, the concept of ablutions. To be cleansed by the water as they acknowledge their sins. I think that makes a lot more sense versus it's not like John picked them up and carried them around while somebody saying, I send you out after the baptism. Exactly. And by the way, the Jordan River is a small river. It's nothing like the Maumee. No, it's a small river. It's a short river. It only goes from the Sea of Galilee to the Dead Sea. Uh-huh. It, it, you could walk across it. Um, it's, it's, we're not talking about a big river. Sure. However, it was the river, so it was where people went. Now, is there a difference? This is more crucial. Is there a difference between somebody just saying, I'm sorry, and somebody actually repenting? Because he preached repentance, not yeah, I mean, not, you, not contrition. You can say I'm sorry and still return to exactly what you did to sin or to hurt another person. But and re- lots of times we do, even if we don't intend to. A lot of times we do return. Doesn't mean we're less sorry. It's the, our human nature. 
But repentance, he, he's calling for a change, a conversion of heart. Right. He's saying, okay, something great is happening. We better be ready for it. The world is corrupt. You guys need a conversion of heart. Hmm, sounds so, like we could so use when, that today. So when he saw the Sadducees and the Pharisees, by the way, the Sadducees and the Pharisees did not like each other. The Sadducees were the, the power class. They were a much smaller group. They were kind of elite. Uh-huh. Uh, the Pharisees were the reformers. It was a lay movement. Uh, but they also had their own problems because they got often caught up with the the formality of the law instead of the real spirit. Mm-hmm. So he yells at both of them, you brood of vipers. Your favorite line. Do you want me to add some sound effects to that this weekend as you proclaim You brood that? of vipers. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. A lot, certainly some, uh, some thunder or something. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. But then he says, the only way we know that you have changed, if you've repented, is the fruit the fruits of your behavior. Mm-hmm. Bear good fruit. Otherwise, and this is the part that goes into the whole thing about the the chaff and the wheat. You know, otherwise the tree will be cut down and it's going to be burned. And then the, it's just like, then he goes from trees to wheat. So he says, he will baptize you. The one coming after me will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand. He will clear the threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. So it's going like from the image of the orchard to the barn or the field. Sure. And by the way, now that we've defined those words, that makes far more sense to me. Yes. See, I'm the voice of the people. People who did not ever go out to a farm when they were a kid. People look east. (laughs) The time is near. Uh, Remember that song? I thought you were going to sing people who need people are the luckiest people, people. in the world. <laughs> I can't sing that one at mass. Um, so I love this image of fruit. What is your favorite fruit? Do you have a favorite? I like fruit. Uh, I eat an apple a day. That's why you'd never go to the doctor. I, I have eaten an apple a day for years. Good. That's good for you. Right after I finish eating the brownie. <laughs> Fair. But uh, no, it's, it's obviously bearing fruit is a wonderful scriptural metaphor because your life bears fruit. And I don't think that's a hard stretch for most people nowadays. No. You, we quickly think about, yeah, this person's, bear, uh, person's life bears fruit. There, there's kindness. There's, uh, it doesn't mean we always have good things happen to us because a lot of good people struggle. So don't, don't get it wrong. Sure. It doesn't mean like if you, if you are a good person, you'll never suffer. No, that's not it. But goodness will come. Goodness leads to goodness. Right. It's, it's in the way that your life affects those around you, even if you may not know it. Oh, oh definitely. In fact, I, I, I sort of think there is no private sin. You know, even if you have malicious thoughts, it affects your behavior and that affects the people around you. Mm. But let's quickly jump to the first reading. It's your fave. It is Prophet Isaiah chapter 11. We're going to talk a lot about Isaiah this year. But it is that famous part where Isaiah is talking about the new reality. Um, A shoot shall sprout from the stump of Jesse. Jesse is the father of King David. So David, uh, the, the new kingdom will come of the family of David. Which 
both Ma- both Mary and Joseph were of the family of David. And then Jesus. Yes. But it talks about a spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and his delight shall be the fear of the Lord. Justice shall be around him. And then it says, And the wolf shall be the guest of the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid. The calf and the young lion shall browse together with a little child to guide them. The cow and the bear shall be neighbors. Together their young shall rest. The lion shall eat hay like the ox. Get this next one. The baby shall play by the cobra's den, and the child lay his hand on the adder's lair. And guess what? This weekend, I've booked all of these animals, and as you say each one, we're going to we're gonna have them in the church. We're going to have them. It's going to be like a yeah. zoo. I was wondering, uh, the cow and the bear shall be neighbors. I wonder if my neighbor thinks I'm the cow or the bear. Uh, they probably put up a privacy fence at least. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, these are obviously, and so intentionally... Uh, opposites sure you know there we've got uh carnivores and we've got herbivores not to be confused with father Her, herba, herbivore herba, herba i always Weber. i always make sure that that's a silent h <laughs> but in the in the real world we have animals that eat other animals that's the cycle of life and that's part of creation sure but isaiah is using these incredible images to say there's a new world reality coming a world of harmony a world of unity that is the call of the second sunday of advent saying let's look for this now the gospel says you get there by repenting and changing sure and sometimes we have to repent not just for personal sin but for being part of the society it's called social sin so I might say, well, I'm not personally guilty of prejudice, but maybe I am in the sense that I allow it to happen around me, that kind of thing. So, you know, I think, obviously we're running out of time, but I think somebody may look at that Isaiah reading and say, we haven't, we haven't reached that yet. Oh, definitely they can say that because we haven't reached it yet, but it's that reality of God's kingdom that is coming. Well, that's what I was going to say. I think it ties back into those readings from Luke that we've studied so much in the last year of that God's kingdom is now, that we are working to build this kingdom uh, and the fruit that we bear will help us take down the privacy fence between us and our neighbor. Boy, you pulled it all together. (laughs) Well done. God bless. Take care.